You rang the doorbell, Desmond. Come in, come in. Good evening, sir. I just had to sort my lighting out. You need good I've got lighting. my little lighting, yeah. Now, I've just got to check that this thing is working all right. This megaphone. So I've got to do what you suggested to me last time. On the test mic, it's got... Yeah, but the computer sound is going to pick up. Rub the top of the mic, and I'll be able to tell by listening. Now nah, it's on the computer one, Des. So just restart the Zoom. So restart close it. Zoom, exit Zoom, like close it completely, and then right. restart Zoom and log back in the meeting. Join here. Let's see what it's... Did, <laughs> did you have the lightning by you today? No. Oh, no, hang on. I can't say... I wasn't aware of it, but then I've been... On the computer all afternoon. Surely you heard the rain and the the thunder and lightning. I heard no thunder. Um, I heard the rain, and it was a little bit of rain. It wasn't very much. Oh, dear. Um, Now, mine was torrential, Des. Mine was a monsoon. And literally cracking thunder above my head. No, David, it was quite... No, we had had refined rain. (laughs) No, no, no. This was almost hailstones, man. And we had equally refined. No, I don't think we had any thunder or light. Do you know in England why? Why do we say it's raining cats and dogs? Do you know why? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. know why we have that. See, this is the fabulous thing, but it came from somewhere in Greece. Yeah. The expression yeah. they use, they say it's yeah. raining chair legs. It's raining chair legs in Greece. Yeah. Oh my well, god. Why chair legs? Again, nobody knows. It's just the expressions we use, isn't it? Well, oh, in well. the Caribbean, we say it's hurricane time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Did you not see that hurricane in Barking a couple of weeks ago? No, I didn't even yeah. hear of it. You know, everybody's got this trampoline in their garden. So it just stole oh, yes. the trampoline and blew down people's walls and smashed into car winds. Are you serious? And, yeah, proper little tornadoes in Barking. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I tell yeah. you what I saw. Well, we were in the middle of it, actually. And suddenly a gust of wind came, Dave, and lifted the parasol right out of its little slot in the table. And it was about to fly off like, what's that film? My Fair Mary Lady. Poppins. No, Mary Poppins. <laughs> did you grab about- it? Did you, did you go with it? <laughs> Do you know what this theme tune is? I do. What? I do. It's something like Boxer Builder or something. Oh, older than that. I know it. Come on, you can do it. It's no longer on TV, but it lasted a long time. Oh, God. It involved a school, Desmond. Oh, not not Holly. The other one that was on in early evening. Yes, when you were at work again. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember its name now. It seems such a long it's, time ago. It's got the the second word is a smaller smaller than a mountain. What's smaller than a mountain? But the same thing. Hill? Hey, yes. What hill? Something hill. Um, 
I can't even think of another like word to give you a clue. Oh. Grange Hill, Desmond. Oh my Grange God! That, I, do you know it, how weird? I remember the some one of the cast was the couple of EastEnders were in that cast. Yeah, That's yeah, about yeah. That's as much as I remember. Um, now what am I doing? Oh yeah, no, it's not that. Right, okay. Um, Grange, yeah, Grange Hill. God, that goes back a bit, Dave. It was good, wasn't it? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna confuse you some more. Go on, let's see if you can name this. This one's a bit oh. more abstract. Okay. This is like the big intro. Oh, you've got me here. I've got you on that one. You got me on that one because th that doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, really? Wow, there? No, right, right. I don't even half recognize that. That's all we've got that. time for. We're back saying. Oh, no, that was a. Clue. Oh. Oh, that that's all we've got time for. <laughs> that was a big clue. For sounds like a news kind of program. That's all yes. we've got time for. Um, you're close. You're close. Uh, you're all right, I'll give you an even bigger. I recognize. Word. I tell you what. One of the things I recognize. Yeah. I recognize the newscaster, and he's got a son. It's not he snow, does. Peter Snow or something. It is John Snow, but it's the John other Snow, one, yes. Yeah. I kind of recognize. Oh, this is an odd sounding. Oh, God, this is a really. This is a. Oh, gosh. Yeah, look, is that a trumpet, Desmond? It is. We'll have to get you doing that trumpet bit. Yeah, that's a nice trumpet. Do you think you could oh, play a, it? That was also a nice, that's a really nice view. Do you think you could play it? Um, oh God, it's asking a lot. After all do, these do, years. Do. I'd have a go. It's 18 hours. Oh, wow. Oh my well, God. We're revealing what time <laughs> we're, we're recording today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff. Wow. Was that a cough or a sneeze? That was a sneeze. A sneeze. Like a sneeze. I've been getting a lot of <laughs> sneezes just lately. Oh, gosh. Right. Ready for show 32, Des? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's begin the madness. to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, America doesn't understand why Fox News told viewers 
not to get vaccinated, but to remain victims of a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Pelosi rejects appointment of Republican representatives, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks to January 6th Select Committee. Voting restrictions sweep the US and the grift goes on for former President Trump. Welcome to the party, how some Republicans and Fox News have now changed their mind on the vaccine. Carol Leoning and Phil Rucker released their book on Donald Trump's final catastrophic year. I alone can fix it. Five Trump cabinet officials were referred to federal prosecutors during the Trump administration. His DOJ declined them all. And in other news, this week, the pandemic is a word newly constructed for over 600,000 people were pinged by the NHS app to isolate in the last week alone. And now exceptions will be made for retail staff. The Olympic Games begin in Japan a year after they should have been. It could have been called off, but officials want to push through and allow the world's athletes to compete for those medals. And finally, back here in the UK, MP Dawn Butler was thrown out of the House of Commons for telling the truth. Why was she thrown out? Because she called the Prime Minister a liar. All that and more. From Des and Dave. Squint your eyes and look closer. I'm not between you and your ambition. I am a poster girl with no poster. I am 32 flavors and in sun. That was very impressive. 32 flavors. Who was that lovely singer? And that was Alana Davis. She sounds a bit like, is it Dido? Is that- yeah, there was that kind of Dido feel to it. Yes. Oh, what a week, eh, Desmond? More. <laughs> who, who could believe more could happen another week? What will happen in the next seven days? That's what worries me. Oh, dear. Our headlines weren't enough time. They certainly weren't. And we've got many clips to get through. So what we've got kicking us off this week, Des? Well, we want to understand why three Republican states, Missouri, Florida, and Texas, have over 40% of all new US COVID cases amongst their high unvaccinated population. Their governors and senators are all telling their citizens to remain victims of a pandemic of the unvaccinated. <laughs> and it appears to be a current theme in American politics for the whole of this week. And I think we have our first sketch, which is Joy Reid. It probably expresses it a little better than 
<laughs> than than moi. <laughs> so, just to give people a flavour of who Joy Reid is, Joy Reid's a, um, a newscaster on MSNBC, and this week she was interviewed on a comedian show called Stephen Colbert in the US. We're back with the host of The Readout on MSNBC, Joy Reid. Um, as a journalist who uh, I assume you see it as your job to try to bring the, the, the truth through, yeah. uh, through reporting and dialogue to the people out there, when you see other anchors on different networks uh, questioning whether vaccines are good or bad for yeah. you and not revealing whether they've been vaccinated, yeah. do you have any particular reaction to that? You know, and th this, so when we had our show call this morning, this took up like three quarters of it. Because number one, it doesn't make sense to me why the folks at that particular network, which I think yep. we all know who we mean, sure. would want to kill their own viewers. Their viewers are older. Um, their viewers are more susceptible to COVID. It is actually, I hadn't thought about that. And, yeah. and, and I don't understand what the point is of killing them. Because everyone on air at Fox has been vaccinated. I would put any money on it. They were vaccinated first. I'm sure they shoved little old ladies out of the way to get their vaccines first. They're all vaccinated. Mm -hmm. They're living in remote cabins. No way the corporation would allow them into that building without a Rupert vaccine. Rupert Murdoch literally got himself in four SUVs and went in a fleet to get vaccinated like he was the king of England. They're all vaccinated. And so if they're telling you not to do it, you have to ask yourself why they don't care about you and you're their base. And again, the people who are saying this, what is what is in it for them, for their own people to die? Is one of their sponsors a coffin manufacturer? <laughs> the next step. Me. I what don't know. Walk-in bathtubs, the next step is just put a lid on it. Now, <laughs> Biden, Biden blamed, we don't have walk-in bathtubs as a sponsor here, do we? Not anymore. No? Not good, anymore. good, good. But Biden blamed platforms like Facebook for the misinformation. Yeah. Is that is, is he's right? I do, I do, because this again, the, the targeting of anti-vax rhetoric is very similar to the targeting we saw during the election, um, both in 2016 and 2020. And the targets have been Republicans, particularly white evangelical Republicans, African Americans, and Latinos. And surprise, surprise, it's the same three groups of people who are being targeted again with anti-vax information from a very small number of people. And they seem determined to get that, that triad of people to not be vaccinated. And when it comes to the people of color, I get it, they don't care about those people. But again, I go back to evangelical Republicans being the biggest target of this disinformation campaign. I don't understand. I mean, the Trump following is in many ways fundamentally a cult. It's a cult in every sense. And now it appears to be a sort of Jim Jones era cult. A death cult. A death cult. And yeah. um, that's ultimately where it ends. If the leader doesn't care whether you live or die, that's a death cult. I mean, the reality is, I don't know if I, I said this to you before, but I've said it before. A religion is when your savior dies for you. A cult is when you're being asked to die for your savior. And unfortunately, that is where we are with the Republican Party. It's bizarre. My father leaned Republican. This isn't because I dislike Republicans, I'm saying it. There's something wrong and there's something broken in the party. And unfortunately, it's a party that now fundamentally doesn't believe in democracy, is in favor of, of killing yourself by not protecting yourself from a deadly virus, um, and wants to ensure that the people who don't die vote for them and win? I don't even understand the math. <laughs>
I was I was never good at math. So, <laughs> before, before we go, I want I want to hit you with a couple of okay. things. You're celebrating tomorrow. Your first. We'll chop that bit off, Des. Yeah. So it it seems the Republicans have realized they are killing their voters. <laughs> Indeed. Do you think though the message is going to get through? Because it's not like all of a sudden Fox News has gone go get vaccinated now. It's like their their language is just gently heading in that direction for most of the presenters. You know, like take it seriously and this kind of thing. But you've still got Tucker Carlson screaming that you know the government you should be able to inject you know mentally unwell people. I mean he's gone too far. But yeah, it's, do you think people are going to listen, Des? I did a curious um, bit of research, and last year, in December last year, they did a Gallup poll, and they found that 31% of Americans identified themselves as Democrats, and 25% identified themselves as Republican. And what surprised me was that there were 41% identified themselves as independent. And if the Trump group is the 25% that are identified as Republicans, it leaves a humongous 41% to try and get on your side to put you in power. And I got a feeling that people are slowly realizing if they don't vaccinate themselves, soon they'll be shut out of travel because it seems like the rest of the world is saying, yes, your citizens can come to our country, providing they've got a vaccination certificate. And I think it's those kind of issues that's going to change people's mind fundamentally. Because I'm thinking of some countries like Australia, say, or New Zealand, or maybe other parts of the world, where there isn't such an epidemic, they would want unvaccinated people in their country. I mean, they'll have a pandemic or an increased pandemic. So I think that's that's what's going to change people's mind, is that the restrictions on travel. Well, I don't know if you remember, but last week, Boris Johnson announced that even to go to the nightclubs by the end of September, you will have to be doubly vaccinated because the numbers have started to dwindle off in Mm. terms of receiving a first dose. And yep. the young ones, they are uh, a bit more hesitant than most. But let's see. Hey, sometimes the numbers are a little bit old, you know. They're, but yeah, it, it, let's see. Let's see if people's minds are changed. This. But yeah, they're, they're killing their voters. It looks like they've realized now. <laughs> <laughs> the penny is dropped, as they say. Oh, dear. And we've got another audio. Um, when Lincoln Project is pointing us in that direction. <laughs> Let's hear from the wonderful Lincoln Project. Those Republicans, ex-Republicans, are now fighting back. Is Rupert Murdoch trying to kill Americans? His network is the leading voice against COVID vaccination. How many Americans have died after taking the COVID vaccine? Going door to door, this is creepy stuff. The focus of this administration on vaccination is uh, mind-boggling. The Americans who are dying from COVID are almost all not vaccinated. Rupert Murdoch was vaccinated. Does anyone really think Tucker Carlson isn't vaccinated? But Murdoch's Fox News continues to put Americans at risk 
by pushing anti-vax hysteria. It's dangerous, immoral. Fox News is helping kill Americans. Call your local television provider and tell them to drop Fox News. It's not about politics. It's about life and death. Well, they were quite successful last time they run an ad, so we'll have to see how much this progresses. But ultimately, it again, we, like we said and we've repeated, and Joy Reid told us as well, they're killing their audience. And you just think to yourself, what do you hope to achieve? What, you know, and now you're trying to change the tide. It may be a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you one of the interesting things I've found out in that uh, small research I referred to is uh, that throughout most of the 20th century, the Republican and Democrat parties have flip-flopped in power. And some states were so dominated by one party that a nomination usually meant that the, the one elected would be, you know, the representative for that um, state. And, and this was especially true in like solid South, in the solid South, where the Democratic Party at that time was the dominant party for almost a century. Um, and from the end of the, what they called the Reconstruction period in the late 1870s, through the period of Jim Crow laws into, straight into the 1960s, um, and the Republicans had states like New England and Vermont and Maine and New Hampshire, Iowa. They were, they, and this is this happened in the 70s. So you had the both parties having outright control on some of the states, and they flip flopped in elections. You know, you'd have, you know, because uh, uh, thinking about it now. We've had in the last uh, 20 years, we've had a predominantly Democratic Party. We had eight years of Obama. Um, but yeah, with, but, but mainly with a Republican Senate and House, which was very difficult yes. for him because nothing could get done. And this is yeah. it. You come to the last 10, 15 years in American politics and things have ground to a halt. But ultimately, yes. the Republicans have not won the popular vote for the presidency in over 30 Absolute, years. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah, they could be in for a shock next year. So there's something called the midterms next year where some Senate seats and some House seats are up. And usually yes. statistically, it would be that the House would now return to the Republicans. And again, it all gets really technical with the kind of laws they can pass. So even though some things have already passed in the House and are over to the Senate, when it changes in the midterm, some things might have to be repassed. It's not like you can take absolutely everything on the table if the Senate haven't passed it. But it, it, again, the Senate is still immobilised and they're about to all go on holiday. Yeah, that's true. But as you they say... They go is... that holiday, but I haven't heard anything yet. But as you said, the, the difference on this occasion is that they had four years of a cult-type presidency which it's something un unusual in American um, in American um, political life. The, its citizens have not really been used to that kind of cultishness, and it now is a big issue about whether people put their party first or their country first. 
um, and that's the that, that's the the direction in which um, the both both parties are attempting to get their people to examine which is the most most important to you stating openly that we're and ensuring that we are all republicans or or you know are we america first american first and i think that um, maybe it's the lincoln project may have something <laughs> to say about that particular issue you are failing us, Senator Johnson. Protecting our democracy has never been partisan, and yet you refused to investigate the deadly attack on our capital. Access to the polls matters to all Americans, and yet you blocked voter protections that have the support of Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. You are more committed to the lie, by and large, it was all peaceful protests, and rigging the system to retain power than you are to protecting Wisconsinites. The challenges facing our democracy aren't partisan. It's time Senator Johnson puts country over party. And like you said, there's ultimately they have to show there's a plane. Bear with me. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the plane. <laughs> I can't hear it at the moment. Oh God, it's got a roaring engine. Um, I, ultimately, you're you're right. The Republican. Are you leaving on a jet plane? <laughs> oh, I'm trying. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway, I need, need me vaccine passport. But ultimately, the Republicans have turned into a cult-like status where they keep spouting more and more of the big lie, even though they are slowly maybe coming round to certain ideas. But remember, the commission that they tried to set up and have as a bipartisan commission yeah. that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, tried to implement, McCarthy threw that out, and I think we're coming on to that a bit later on. And she's knocked back the nominations, but we're coming there later on. But again, we're, we're, I just feel like things are moving too slow, Des. Like, where is the pace? Like, we are already in the summer. You know, January was a long time ago now. You could talk a little bit, Dave. Perhaps you can you could talk a little bit about the whole issue of uh, Pelosi's rejection, because this is a very bold move on her part. Well, um, what happened after the commission uh, couldn't be set up, the, the Democrats and the Republicans were arguing about what were the terms of reference and what they were exactly going to look into and examine. And basically, at the last moment, the Democrats yeah, went said to the Republicans, yeah, you can have everything. Yeah, yeah, fine. You can have the same powers of subpoena like they didn't part of a fight. And the Republicans went, oh, my good God. Um, no, no. Um, no. And, and then they just pulled out, even though they got everything they wanted. So Pelosi then decided to set up a commission that she can determine how it operates. And she offered a number of seats to the Republicans, but she filled one position with Liz Cheney, who has the biggest conservative voting record of any Republican sitting currently. <laughs> and basically it was up to McCarthy to fill the six other spaces. And he proposed two nut jobs that ultimately had already said a number of things and were probably involved in most of the insurrection. So their impartiality could definitely be called into question. So she rejected those and McCarthy is now um, throwing his rattle out of the pram, Desmond. I don't know how, would, how, how, how would you explain his behaviour? Well, the, 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 the two senators that, um, as you correctly um, stated, that, that he, Pelosi objected to was um, uh, Jim Banks of Indiana and Jim Jordan of Ohio, both staunch Trump supporters. In fact, 
Jim Jordan went even further than most. He has participated in a number of rather, I think one could refer to them as shady um, agreements um, with the stop the steal protest um, that and, and was seen to be one of the principal organizers of the stop the steal and um, stop the steal march and particularly appears to have had quite an involvement in the January the 6th insurrection. And uh, the, the political uh, point that Pelosi made, she's, she was concerned about the impact of, that their appointments may have on what she described as the, um, the integrity of the investigation. Um, and that uh, she said very clearly that Banks and Jordan um, um, supported objections to the elections during the formalizations of President Joe Biden's victory on January the 6th, and they, which was temporarily disrupted by the violent mob, as you know. And she said she's not prepared to appoint McCarthy's, she's rather, she is prepared to appoint McCarthy's other picks, although she's entirely happy with them. Um, but she was not prepared to accept Jim Banks, the two Jims. Um, and the thing is, she has veto power over McCarthy's picks, which um, which, which has she wouldn't made, have had if she which she wouldn't have had had he had the bipartisan. Absolutely, committee. absolutely. She did well. They'd handed that to them, you know. They handed that that to them, and they, as you rightly said, rejected it. The, you know, because they didn't want, they don't want to select, they don't want this select committee at all. But what was interesting was in a statement, the White House, um, in, in, in a statement, the White House said Joe Biden believes that January 6th deserves a full independent and uh, transparent investigation to, to ensure that something like this never happens again. Um, and that he was full of confidence in, um, in, in uh, Pelosi's uh, ability to, to lead that work. But she is, she's a, a, a announced her appointment to the select committee, and I don't think she's going to ship from there. And good on her. She's a rather tough cookie. <laughs> well, the thing is, if he doesn't appoint, then he's just stupid because they will end up calling them as witnesses. Remember, this has proper teeth. They have powers of subpoena. But OK, it's like the sergeant at arms and not really the police police. But it could all be very interesting. Like most of the lawyers that you talk to and, and uh, are commenting on the matter, it really they can subpoena anyone. And it can be even the, you know, McCarthy himself because maybe they want to know what he said on the telephone to Trump, which Absolutely. is already in evidence. <laughs> Absolutely. And the same could be said of Jim Jordan. He's, you know, what did he know? Because well, apparently... Also, he, go on, Des. No, he had apparently um, attended a meeting, I believe, in the day before or a few days before the insurrection itself. And it was a planning meeting. So they may want to know what questions and what things were discussed at that planning meeting. And it'd be interesting to see what his response is. I would imagine who was present. Whom was who was present there? Yeah. But also the, the other thing that they, they're going to start looking into is the fact that all the staff around these politicians, the secretaries, the researchers, you know, the, the personal assistants, the people around, because apparently they were the ones giving tours to some of the insurrectionists. Very good so point, Dave. 
so again, it's it's all going to come out. Pelosi, we love you. Get to work. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you know the the the, the McCarthy apparently slams um, Pelosi, um, and and uh, and he's pulled his picks from the, that committee, and I think we have him explaining his his reasoning. We do. So this is House leader for the Republicans, McCarthy. Speaker Pelosi has taken the unprecedented step of denying the minority party's picks for the select committee on January 6th. This represents something that has not happened in the House before for a select committee by the historian. It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution. Denying the voice of members who have served in the military. Jim Banks, a Navy veteran who served in Afghanistan. Serves on Hask, chair of the largest caucus of the Republican Conference. And law enforcement, as well as a leader of a standing committee. Jim Jordan isn't ranking of just his first committee, he's done it before. Jim Jordan has served on select committee and serves on one now. Made it undeniable this panel has lost all legitimacy and credibility. And it shows exactly what I warned back at the beginning of January, that Pelosi would play politics with this. For more than six months, you have a better example of the Senate, bipartisan. Schumer didn't pick who went on of the Republicans. They already have the report done by two different committees. Two main questions. Why was the Capitol so ill-prepared for that day when they knew on December 14th they had a problem? And what have we done to make sure that never happens again? Pelosi has created a sham process. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republicans, we will not participate. But we think it's too important that those two questions, why were we ill-prepared? Why did they know on December 14th? Why would they jeopardize the lives of the Capitol Police? We will run our own investigation. We have law enforcement, we have military, we have doctors, we have people from all walks of life. They want to know the answer. The American people deserve that. They don't deserve politics. They don't deserve destroying the institution. No committee in Congress will work if one person is picking all who can serve. This has not happened before. House Democrats must answer this question. Why are you allowing a lame duck speaker to destroy this institution? This is the people's house, not Pelosi's house. We will do our job, though. We ask to do our job. We want to do our job. I may object to the people that she put on the committee, but I respect her right to do it just as every leader has done before.
destroy an institution for your own political gain. America expects more and deserves more. Do you know what? It's like listening to Trump Jr. <laughs> everything is a lie. Literally everything he said there is wrong. The Republicans refused to vote for medals for the brave police officers that defended the Capitol that day. And who the bloody hell is they that he's referring to? They in charge. They in charge. Trump, you mean? Trump. Like, just it, the mind boggles. Does it, you know, oh, dear. The lame that's a duck, very good point. Even, even that's not technically correct. Like, I, I can't award him anything. Like nothing, the, he used the correctly. Like that's about it. Like apart from that, everything he said is a load of rubbish. The thing that stuck in my head is when he said the Republicans will run their own investigation. Well, let's into see it, why then. the Capitol was ill prepared for January the 6th. This is important. This is key. When they knew on the December the 14th, they had a problem. What I'd like to know is, and I think the American people would like to know is, what conversations did Jim Jordan have with the president in their planning of the January the 6th insurrection to avert the the problems they clearly anticipated were going to occur from December the 14th. They well, had we know all last this week that, Well, we know last week the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mike Miley, the general, he was very, very concerned, so much so that he was speaking with all the other generals and heads of the CIA and FBI and all the rest of it. it it's just... It, so if the Republic... We could have more reports to read, Desmond, but... It's gonna let's see their commission. I think he's running scared. I think McCarthy is not quite sure about how to play this next. He's been outmaneuvered. Pelosi has outmaneuvered him and very, very well. <laughs> he doesn't appear to be very bright, Dave, does he? To be honest. No, no. Um and uh um the the, the thing that <laughs> We now have to prepare ourselves for a Republican investigation, but it's going to be an investigation of we know of their lies and half truths. I mean, what are they going to say? How, as 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 uh, Pelosi has already said, and as a number of people have said, that people like Jim Jordan and Jim Banks are material witnesses because it doesn't they've make just. It, it, it doesn't make any sense because think about it, right? All the insurrectionists are going through the court system. Some of them were handed out sentences. Eight months one guy got uh, this week. That's right. And what he was saying was he was there for Trump. Trump had told him to go, blah, blah, blah. So how on earth can you then say somehow that the Democrats organized this when in court papers they all say they went because of Trump? So let me get this straight. The Democrats organized Trump to call his supporters there to break into the Capitol because they wanted to, uh, they wanted to what? Support the Democrats? No, Support they had Joe a love Biden, in, therefore? Like, I just... <laughs> they had a huge love in. Didn't he say that? You know, they, 
the police had just opened the doors for them. You know, there was all he could see was embraces and hugs and wonderful feelings of 60s love, man. <laughs> all roads here lead to bad news for the Republicans. And McCarthy, you were, best watch your ass because <laughs> Pelosi's <laughs> coming and she's got her she's she's got a hot poker. <laughs> And you know what's really interesting? I think that there was a, a, a Liz Cheney was was um, was asked some rather pointed questions about her impressions of what had taken place. And I think we've got an audio clip, Dave. We You've do, and an I audio. think it's we do, we do, and it's worthwhile just repeating that Liz Cheney was one of the few Republicans yes. to vote for impeachment and to vote for a commission, and she is one that's definitely not with the uh, big lie, that's for sure. Uh, the attack on this building uh, on January 6th was the worst attack on this Capitol uh, since 1814. It was an attack on our Constitution. Uh, we supported what would have been the very best option, which was a bipartisan independent commission. The minority leader opposed that. He lobbied against it in the Senate and the Senate blocked it. The American people deserve to know what happened. The people who did this must be held accountable. There must be an investigation that is nonpartisan, that is sober, that is serious, that gets to the facts wherever they may lead. Uh, and at every opportunity, the minority leader has attempted to prevent the American people from understanding what happened, to block this investigation. Today, the speaker objected to two Republican members. She accepted three others. She objected to two, one of whom may well be a material witness to events that led to that day, that led to January 6th. The other who disqualified himself by his comments in particular over the last 24 hours demonstrating that he is not taking this seriously. He is not dealing with the facts of this investigation, but rather viewed it as a political platform. This investigation must go forward. The idea that anybody would be playing politics with an attack on the United States Capitol is despicable and is disgraceful. And I am absolutely dedicated and committed to making sure that this investigation holds those accountable who did this and ensures that it never happens again. And the American people deserve that, and that is what we're going to do. Did you urge, did you urge the poll, did you urge? Do you think you can still get that nonpartisan investigation you want, given that no other Republican but yourself will participate? Uh, I am absolutely confident that we will have a nonpartisan investigation, that it will look at the facts, that it will go wherever the facts may lead. Uh, there are three members that the minority leader proposed that the speaker did not object to. Uh, she's objected to two members, uh, and the rhetoric around this from the minority leader and from those two members has been disgraceful. Uh, this must be an investigation that is focused on facts, and the idea that any of this has become politicized uh, is really um, uh, unworthy of the office uh, that we all hold and, and unworthy of our republic. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you personally, did you personally urge the speaker to take this step? Uh, I uh, agree with what the speaker has done. And also, McCarthy, of course, wants to become speaker next year. Do you think that he deserves to be speaker in the aftermath of his actions here? Uh, I think that any uh, person who would be third in line to the presidency must demonstrate a commitment to the Constitution and a commitment to the rule of law. Uh, and uh, Minority Leader McCarthy has not done that. Last question. Are there other, are there other, are there other, 
are there other are there other Republicans that that you or Speaker Pelosi believe should be part of this investigation? The other three you mentioned that she did not veto are not going to participate. Uh, are there others? Are there other colleagues you've spoken to? There are uh, many Republicans. The vast majority of the Republicans, uh, both in the House as well as across the country, recognize and understand that this was an assault on our democracy, an assault on our Constitution, and that there must be a fact-based investigation so that this never happens again. Uh, and we cannot allow those voices uh, who are attempting to prevent the American people from getting the truth to prevail, and we certainly will not allow Olivia, that. Last, 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 Doesn't this play right into Republican messaging that this committee was going to be partisan from the beginning? Uh, absolutely not. This committee uh, has been focused, and I am certainly focused, on ensuring that we get to the facts. Uh, and in fact, there were 35 Republicans who supported an independent bipartisan commission, which, as I've said, would have been the, the far preferable way to go. Minority Leader McCarthy opposed that actively and aggressively, and he lobbied against it in the Senate, and the Senate blocked it. Uh, we must have this select committee investigation. This is our only option left. Uh, and people must be willing to put their oath to the Constitution above partisan politics and above party. Uh, and uh, I am absolutely committed to doing that, and I'm committed to ensuring that this investigation be one that gets to the truth of what happened here on January 6th. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. What, what is it that the American school kids say when they look at the flag and put their hand across their chest? We pledge allegiance to the flag and the yeah. republic for which it stands. You can definitely say that she's one hell of a brave woman. I mean, she's very I'm articulate, very articulate, and very brave, because um, she knows she's putting herself in harm's way, and she appears prepared to do so, and she clearly takes her oath very, very seriously. Well, she is very brave, Des, for standing up for you know what the values. She pledged allegiance to the flag, and she's trying to keep that promise. Absolutely, absolutely. But Dave, we, 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 we can move on to the voting restrictions that are sweeping the US and the grift that's going on for the former president. Because it, it's, this is not his only um, contaminating work. Um, but in terms of the voting restrictions that are sweeping the US at the moment, 30 laws have been passed in 18 voter restriction laws have been passed in 18 American states. Six states have shortened the window to apply for mail ballots. Four states have limited the number and location or availability of ballot drop boxes, so there are fewer boxes. And two states have limited early voting days or hours. And whilst all of this is going, Trump's fans are slowly becoming aware that, and they're beginning to attack him for stealing their money because he's raised apparently $75 million to pay for his staff, for his travel, his legal costs and other things, all for himself. And to date, no money has been spent on the original purpose of the fundraisers, fundraising, not a penny, not a single penny has been spent on um, supporting, for example, the Arizona frauded, <laughs> the fr fr frauded claim, nor indeed any other court proceedings. All the money has gone into supporting Trump's 
travel, legal costs, and other things. You know, maybe his McDonald's. <laughs> so it's been a rather peculiar period at the moment. You can certainly say that again. It's just, I wonder where this all ends up in the wash. I really do, because, you know, we're still getting tidbits about the final months of Trump's presidency. and Oh, yeah. And then I don't know if you saw this week, not that, just to take us off topic slightly, but even Anthony Fauci. So this is the American, you know, oh. chief, chief medical doodah to give him his official title. And uh, he's, he keeps giving evidence to various select committees and, you know, various panels. And he came up against a guy called Paul Rand in the Senate. And we haven't got the clip, but he basically is a very mild-mannered man. And when this guy, Paul Rand, starts spewing a load of nonsense about science he really doesn't understand, Fauci just bites back and just says, you're a liar. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. And I want to say that on the record officially. So it's like I feel like people's patience is now wearing thin with it all. But um, we have a clip, don't we, Desmond? And for me, I just I want to read the title of the clip. It says Trump begs for applause like a pathetic loser. <laughs> Shall we hear it, Desmond? Why not, Dave? <laughs> you know, Willie, it's it's hard for us as journalists to get inside the head of Donald Trump. But he repeats these lies again and again so often that they might be true in his mind. And when you're down there talking to him, there's a distorted reality uh, that he's presenting, not only to us, but to the dozens of guests that come to Mar-a-Lago every night for dinner and give him a standing ovation uh, out on the patio uh, at sunset. I mean, it, it's a really strange scene down there. And then you leave Mar-a-Lago and you realize What's happening in the world, the reality is completely different from what the 45th president is trying to tell his millions of supporters. And that's what's so dangerous for the country because it's so many Americans still continue to believe uh, what Donald Trump is telling them. And in our book, you know, we interviewed more than 140 senior officials in the government, advisors to the former president, witnesses to these events. And again and again, they told us about how concerned and alarmed they were uh, by what the president was doing and saying in office, especially in those harrowing final weeks after the election and before Joe Biden's inauguration. So, guys, I'm just um, having, you know, lis listening in my mind and imagining that scene of him getting that standing O at Mar-a-Lago, which he gets for himself whenever he wants it. We should have said um, it's the authors of the book. One is Carol Leonig and Phil Rucker, who released their book on Trump's final catastroph catastrophic year, which is, um, is entitled I Alone Can Fix It. And there they detail many of the catastrophic, it seems appropriate, incidents that occurred um, in their many hours of um, interviews with a, a whole raft of Trump aides to, to, to determine what the background to some of Trump's decision-making um, plans and policies were. And they've uncovered an awful lot of uh, very, very interesting um, cases. And um, they've, they're all being now laid bare. Um, some of the last minute planning, they talk, they cover in some detail the events of the January the 6th insurrection 
and what Trump was and wasn't doing. And these, of course, are witness and multiple witness observations of what took place on the day. But they Trump, also did interview Trump, didn't they? They and did. They've actually, they've actually played some of the bits. We won't play them today, but no. you, you, you have him admitting, well, kind of, they say to him, what, what did you expect when you told them to go to the Capitol? And he kind of dances around it. And she asks him again, what did you expect? And again, he dances around and kind of says, oh, to show support. You know, that, that was the best I can, summary I can give from his murmurings. But it was, it was the musings of a maniac. To, you know, he, it, the staff around him and the people that he has working for him are worried that he's off his rocker. Like, yeah. this is it, truly. And I don't know, Des, can you see him in the cell in the orange jumpsuit? I can see it more of a reality again. Well, one of his claims, Trump's claim, was that Joe Biden kept talking about how good a job he's doing on the distribution of the vaccine. He claims that the vaccine was developed by his Operation Warp Speed and his administration. And he asserts that Biden is way behind schedule and that people are refusing to take the vaccine because... They don't trust Biden and his administration. They don't trust the election results. They don't trust fake news, refusing to tell them the truth. And he's even got his aides, like um, there is a particular senator um, from Louisiana called Bill Cassidy. And he falsely claims that it is the partisan statement from Joe Biden's White House which best explains people's refusal to take the vaccine. This is completely false. Um, And I don't understand why people are refusing to take the vaccine, which Trump himself claims responsibility for delivering to the American people. So (laughs) I alone can fix it. Well, he did fix it. He got the vaccine. That's his claim. Let's accept that. So why are you telling people not to take the vaccine? You know, in my head, I've got that Dolly Parton. Is it Dolly Parton? Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. But in my mind, it's vaccine, vaccine, (laughs) vaccine, (laughs) vaccine. Oh, dear. I'm begging you, please don't take my vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Des. We, we well, have, before, Dave, before there is we move there is a bit. Other news. Yeah, we have got some There's, other. There is last a little. Bit. Yeah, there is a there is a just a couple of bits. I want to. There is a bit. Uh, we have an audio about welcome to the party, and where Fox News and some Republicans are clearly have, by the end of the week after this onslaught from Joy Reid and a number of people um, that they appeared to <laughs> have done a, a, you know, a 360-degree U-turn. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. Um, you've noticed what we've noticed, right? In the last few days, it seems as though someone somewhere hit a button. All of a sudden, we are seeing conservatives, Republicans coming out to finally state the obvious. 
The COVID vaccines are saving lives, they are safe and effective, and they are a great way of protecting you, your family, and your loved ones from the scourge of COVID, an infectious respiratory virus which has already killed more than 600,000 Americans and at various points brought our hospitals and our broader society to its knees. Please take COVID seriously. I can't say it enough. Enough people have died. We don't need any more deaths. America, we're in this together. And if you can, get the vaccine. For information on vaccine sites, visit the Vaccine Finder on the homepage of foxnews.com. You do see uh, about 95 to 98% of people in the hospital for COVID are people that aren't vaccinated. And, and I just, you know, I wanted, I was ready to get the vaccine. I've always felt it was safe and effective. These shots need to get in everybody's arm as rapidly as possible. Or we're going to be back in a situation in the fall that we don't yearn for that we went through last year. Wasn't that the turtle yeah. Mitch McConnell? He wasn't, not Mitch, yeah, Mitch McConnell. He weren't it saying was that blood, bloody a few weeks ago, was he? I was indeed, indeed. You have... Just what's changed, out. Desmond? What's changed? They've, I think, they've just got scared. It's re- look, even Ron DeSantis, who was the last speaker there, who was the governor of Florida, he's now advising people to take the vaccine. He has already produced t shirts, Dave, anti Fauci t shirts, which he's selling for something like ridiculous, like $35, $45 each. Anti-Fauci. And he's and he's yeah exactly and he's the chief medical dude who's been telling people take the vaccine for time. So make up your mind, make up <laughs> your mind, guys. It's one I don't know. I have no idea what's what what has actually changed. But I know that we're running out of time. And there, there is a funny bit that I think that might just amuse you, which where Trump gets brutally mocked in Hillary's video, and uh, Tom Brady and his American football Super Bowl winning teammates the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were invited to the White House by President Joe Biden. And this is what they had to say. It didn't look great there. At one point, we were seven and five, struggling a little bit, um, as the president alluded to. Um, But we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40 percent of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. <laughs> Why would they do that to me? <laughs> and remember, Tom Brady at no point went to the White House at Trump's invitation. But Trump is, yeah. likes to say how much of good friends they are. You know. That's a very good point, yep. That's true. And then finally, Dave, on the American circuit, we have got just one final, um, which is that um, Trump's cabinet officials were referred to the federal prosecutor during the Trump administration. Five of them, cabinet. There was Ryan Zinke, who was Interior Secretary, Alex Costa, who was his Labor Secretary, Robert Wilkie, who was his VA secretary, Elaine Chow, you remember her, Dave? Yes, Transport Mitch McConnell's secretary. wife. Absolutely. And Wilbur Ross, sleepy Wilbur Ross, who's always sleeping in the House of Senate. He was this, um, Trump's secretary of commerce. Now, all five secretaries were referred 
for potential federal criminal prosecution during Trump's one-term presidency. But he's DOJ. DOJ, DOJ, <laughs> Department of Justice. Department of Justice, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Um, declined to prosecute any of them. Now, this in itself must be a record. And it doesn't reflect well on the US Justice Department. And I'm sure that the American people would like to know whether Biden's new Justice Department will look at these again. Otherwise, the message clearly in America is one rule for Trump and his mates and another rule for everybody else. <laughs> there, there is more to this story as well, Absolutely. like a lot more. And we, maybe we'll, it, we'll cover it in the coming weeks when we hear some prosecutions or indictments or all the rest of it. But this one is a lot bigger. We're, we're not doing it justice with our little tidbit at the end. But we will definitely be revisiting this, that's for sure. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Oh, flipping across the water, there's just because we've only got a few moments left. As I said in the headlines this week in the House of Commons, an MP by the name of Dawn Butler called out Boris Johnson on his lies. But you're not allowed to call somebody a liar in the House of Commons. Shall we hear what happened? Yes, why not? And I'm disappointed that the Prime Minister has not come to the House to correct the record and to correct the fact that he has lied to this House and the country over and over again. Order. I'm, I'm sure that the, um, the member will um, reflect on um, her words she's saying, perhaps correct the record. Madam Deputy Speaker, what would you rather, a weakened leg or a severed leg? You know, at the end of the day, the Prime Minister has lied to this House time and time again. And it's funny that we get in trouble in this place for calling out the lie rather than the person lying. Order, order, order. Order. Can you re please, please reflect on your words and withdraw your remarks? Deputy Speaker, I've reflected on my words and somebody needs to tell the truth in this House that the Prime Minister has lied. Under the power given me by standing order number 43, I order the member to withdraw immediately from the House for the remainder of the day's sitting. I call Tom Randall. And you know what? I get all the cordially business and you're meant to treat each other with respect. But if somebody's told a lie, you should be able to say is a lie or what you've said is not correct. What's the, can they get away with factual inexactitude anymore? I don't know if you can get away with that. The, 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 if she had said it outside of the house, in the yeah. house, the, if she said it outside the house, um, then it would be entirely up to the to Boris if he wanted to sue her. He, well, Angela Rayner, the imagine. deputy Labour leader, already said he's a liar yeah. on Twitter afterwards. But it's it's a very it's it's a very very difficult one because it's not only about lying; it's also you're not allowed. <laughs> to um you're not allowed to um accuse people of being drunk either in the house of Commons. i don't know if you're aware of that so yeah they used to say like, each other was tired and emotional that was the absolutely. kind of code to each other but i just absolutely. find it utterly bemusing that she is telling the truth 
and she's thrown out because she's telling the truth. And all she's saying is that he is a liar, because even in the House of Commons, you have parliamentary privilege. You can say anything you like, apart from <laughs> calling him directly to his name and even doing it by the speaker and calling him a, a liar doesn't suffice. And you're suspended for the day. But there is some history here, Dave. And this is the this this is the problem for um, um, for the MP is that she hasn't. There are protocols which she kept making reference to in in her speech. She said, "Yeah, I'm aware that there are, you know House of Commons protocols." But and I thought, well, perhaps somebody should have taken the time to explain the protocol and its purpose, and. The thing was that her actions were so deliberate and she did it so gleefully. But the thing she also said in her subsequent interview was that she had also attracted a lot of criticism from her colleagues. Um, and there are have been two previous, I'm aware of, two previous incidents, and I did a little bit of digging up for that, um, of about people getting ad admonished by the Speaker of the House. And they were both under Burka, which was interesting. And Burka has to accept some responsibility for what, what has happened because he's given a bit of license for MPs to call each other lies in, in the House. And he did it with um, David, um, David Bryant, I think it was. Um, and uh, he he did Chris throw Bryan, an MP. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Yeah, sorry, Chris Bryant. He did throw an MP out um, out of the House for claiming that the the, the then Defence Secretary Philip Hammond was lying to Parliament over the conflict in Afghanistan. And um, there was also another case where a Labour MP, I think Paul Flynn, refused a request by the Speaker to withdraw the accusation, and Burke threw him out. But so Boko has to accept some responsibilities because he's given a little bit what, of light. What about if you said this? What about if you said, I believe the minister to be not telling the truth due to the advice given to them? What about if you tried to make the lie, not them? You can. <laughs> there, there are lots of ways this can be done. It Look, the, people call each other's lies all the time in the house, but it's the way in which you say it. And... You know, if that's you, so but, bloody English, it's I, so English. Just well, say a spade's a spade. I, I, well, you know that they have to refer to each other as the honourable member. Yeah, You're like, absolutely. oh, honourable. <laughs> but it's, but she said it herself. She said there are a number of protocols, but I'm going to I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to ignore them. I'm not going to regard them at all. Which is in a way puts herself in a rather difficult position. And she there are. I know that one of the things that's happened as a consequence of all of this is that they are there is um, all six members of the different parties are going to be meeting with the speaker um, on Monday to have a discussion about what took place. Um, so, but there are ways in which you can tackle this without being so blunt and direct. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not defending anyone here. All I'm saying is that these are protocols she's aware of. And, you know, you could have an endless... They all lie. <laughs> all, all MPs lie. <laughs> I don't believe it. At the moment, Labour itself has got to be a bit careful because you've got a, a rather ugly um, incident in East, uh, in East London with um, 
with one of the MPs there, um, Labour MPs, who is uh, under a, a possible prosecution for fraud. Oh, so, interesting things for another week, that's for sure. For another week, yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a the, difficult one. It's a the really Honourable Lord Desmond. The Honourable, yeah? Honourable. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, dear. Well, well, Honourable colleague, it's come to an end. What we got playing us out this week, Des? Dave, do you know, it's so interesting, this bit, and I have to just give you a little bit of preamble on this, is that the, the, there are, there, I would say there are four human emotional states uh, uh, referenced in the song. Um, and the reason I thought of the song, um, and I thought, you know, it'd be lovely for, to share this with you, was that Donald Trump and the Republican Party's legacy, I think, would be known as the big lie, which is a violent and a dangerous insurrection, which uh, sought to roll back America's dark, bloody history and racial exploitation. And the question I had to ask myself was, why are Republican lawmakers and their former presidents still hiding the truth from the American people. You can't hide those things. And uh, Labby Sifri sings about those four emotions, and I think we'll see an awful lot of it between now and the end of the a whole series of, <laughs> of, um, of indictments to come. We're going to see all emotions expressed by the people involved. And so we will hear much crying, laughing, loving, and of course, Lying. <laughs> Catch you next week, Des. And you, Dave. <laughs> crying, crying never did nobody no good, no Didn't mean no good, no good.